Hey, top of the day, you guys. So I forgot to put the trigger warning in this episode, so I'm putting it in right now. I mean, I put it in towards the middle of the episode, which I realized doesn't really help much. So in this episode, trigger warning, there is uh, details of rape against girls that's under 18 years of age. So I'll understand if you guys don't want to stick around for this one, and I'll see you next episode. But for everyone else, enjoy the show. Welcome back to Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. I'm your host, Nisha, and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host. Buddha badass. Oh my gosh, so before we start the show, I want to give a shout out to everybody at the bingo hall, because we went and played bingo. Oh that man, fun? that was that was like intense right there. Let me tell you, them bingo people are not playing with oh you. Oh my gosh. They're nice. Yeah. They're, they're nice, and they be like, but they don't smile when they tell you the instructions, but they will help you. Yeah, they really and help you. When and when that guy starts calling them damn numbers, oh my God. it's like a machine gun. Y'all better be ready. It is not your grandma's bingo anymore. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh my gosh. And they I had don't... like 20 different games. Yeah. And one night, it was real. I think I'm going to work on trying not to be so negative, because I threw my bingo cards, and I was just really upset. Yeah, you was really negative at the bingo place. I could see that like a lot of the bingo people was looking at you like, she has bad juju. <laughs> like, bro, there was a guy behind us hitting it. He did not have no draws on. He just was sitting there giving us all. He was selling crack on oh wholesale. Gosh, right. But he kept hitting numbers, though. That's why I knew about it, because he would just yell out something wild like, you a home run daddy. Yeah. And I turn around like, okay. That's why I was like, you know what? I think maybe I next time I go play bingo, I'm not going to wear underwear. Is that like the... That's the thing. It's good yeah. luck. It's yeah. good luck to not have underwear on. Oh, my god. Because, I mean, he was hitting I felt like burning the bingo hall down if I don't win next time. But no, not with that's the not, That's not what bingo is there for, girl. Bingo is there for you bring a friend and have a good time. And, you know, something does pa- kind of pop off. And it's going to pop off because I got close to winning a couple yeah, times. Yeah, I did that so last I fe- game. I, I feel like, like within the next one or two times, I'm about to win something at this bingo place. I feel like that, too, because I didn't get close until the very last game. And then I, I only had one more number, and then someone called bingo. That's what made me want to burn the place down. Yeah, but you hear that in everybody. But I'm yeah. just saying, just to know, just to know that you're getting that warm up and you just got there it could happen yeah it could happen I, I, I liked it we'll be there again next month so we have a bingo family now mm-hmm. so shout out well are you ready to get into our case today uh yes i thought someone was floating in my drink oh gosh what but is it wasn't it? okay thank goodness that's like the worst feeling ever. yes it is that's not the way to start off a murder case mm, that's not the way to start anything <laughs> so we're here to talk about the killing cousins today okay their names are david ellen gore and Fred Waterfield. Are they related to presidents? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> and if they were, I'm pretty sure those presidents would disown them after everything they just did. Man. So David Allen Gore, we're going to talk about him first. He was born August 21st, 1953, and he was born in Florida. His mom was an assistant librarian, and his dad was a fruit rove manager, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. He had one younger sister. Like a grocery store, I think. Is that what it was? Uh, market. Yeah. So he had one younger sister named Wendy. 
And now we're going to talk about Fred Waterfield. Now, he was born September 29th, 1952, and he was born in New Jersey. But he moved to Florida for his dad's job because his dad worked at NASA. Mm. So his dad was just never home. And so David's dad all primarily raised him. So the cousins, they were basically raised like brothers. That's one of those, either it's a true prestigious job or mm-hmm. you are a player, player rolling stone to tell somebody you work at NASA. Oh, my gosh. Like, your own accident, you need to come around in a uniform or something. I know, right? Because that's a hard ticket to sell. I'm not saying that somebody's obviously working there. Yeah. Someone obviously is because, you know, it's a very prestigious uh, thing of an, of an institute for intelligence. But to say you work for NASA, you almost look at that person like either you're a genius or you're full of crap. Or you're bro. lying, right. Because again, his dad was never home. So it's like, were you at work? Like, right. Where were you or at, really? Next lady's house. Right. That's... Like, and you'd say you work at NASA and you can't tell the difference between turquoise and blue. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, mm. You know, that is a good cover up to have like a whole second family, right? Bro, I'm telling you, Damn. I'm telling them older guys knew how to do it. Yeah. They knew how to tell you to your face about a career that they have and bring in enough money to pay the bills and just go live. Yeah. Now, Fred and David, they were raised like brothers because of this. Fred had two sisters and, you know, David, now David had some head trauma. When he was a toddler, he fell into like an ant bed and he was bitten around his neck and his face and his head. So it was really bad. So because of this, he had a very high temperature and he was rushed to the hospital. And just after that, he had neurological damage. So his brain just was never right after that. Mm. So I never knew ants could just do so much damage. I didn't know ants could hurt the brain. Yeah. I was was afraid they'll crawl in my ear and eat my brain. Oh, I didn't think about that. Does what? Do, I think ants just eat grass and crumbs, right? Do they, they eat, eat brains? Anything that uh, can get within the little pinchers. Oh, damn! They'll break down a hot dog if you leave it out there long enough. Ugh, they're annoying. I know that much. Now, when David was a teenager, he was fired from his first job at a gas station. He was a gas station attendant. And that was because his boss found a hole that allowed Gorge, like David, to look into the women's restroom. So he was like a peeping Tom. Mm. So because of that, he got fired. Now, Fred had issues with animal abuse, and he would basically beat his dog for no reason. The fucking asshole. You know, this. Uh, of course, that like, for you immediately made him in a dark space. Yeah. Now, he would also chase people's cars, and he would throw, like, grapefruits at people's windows as well. Oh, Lord. I mean, dang. This Mm. man is doing the most right now. Yeah. Now, at 10 years old, Fred also assaulted David's 8-year-old sister, Wendy. And so that was something that was, you know, really horrible as well. Now, David was not popular in school, and he didn't get good grades at all. He was a bigger guy. He was six feet tall. He was over 200 pounds. But Fred was different. Now, Fred was the popular one. He was the football player. He was good looking. He was, like, really super popular. And, and Wait a minute, but they were friends with each other? They were cousins. David and Fred are cousins. But they're the killing cousins. So they're the killing they're gonna cousins. They're going to come together. So you let him rape your sister? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that was that was a little intense, but that was. Now David always looked up to Fred. David wanted to be like Fred so bad because Fred had everything David ever wanted. Remember, he okay. was he was not popular, he was unattractive, and Fred had everything. But Fred had a horrible temper as well. You know, he just like you know he would always go off on everybody. And David actually, this is going to answer your question. It was said that when Dave actually when Dave actually molested. I'm sorry, Fred molested David's sister, Wendy. Mm -hmm. David actually sat there and watched that shit. Wow. Yeah, so they've always been twisted. Ever since they were, like, really little, they've always been twisted. Mm. Now that that we're going to get into their adult years, David grew up, he married a woman named Donna and had a son. 
Now, the next year, Donna divorced him because he had, like, this major fetish for bondage. You know, he couldn't express himself with a woman unless she was tied up. She had and this be... was before 50 Sage of Grey, so yeah. that's why she, he thought he was a weirdo. Yeah. Like, now... Right after that, everybody and their mama claimed that they love bondage. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, I know I did. Like, after 50 Shades of Grey came out. Man, I know, oh. man people I've never heard of or even looked at be like, you would do bondage? That's everybody <laughs> and their grandma. <laughs> Wants to do some bondage, right, huh? <laughs> Once that came out, I got man. a few cat suits in my closet because of that but, movie. See what I'm saying? Because book. of that movie. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it's so influential, man. Yeah, so hell yeah. before that, so he seemed like a weirdo. Nowadays, he, uh-huh. just, he, he seems like a good in. man. Yeah, he would blend in with society. Now, so after that, so Donna divorces him and everything. And so after she divorced him, he married a woman named Connie. But Connie and them, and Connie and him divorced that same year. Now, in 1977, him and his first wife, Donna, ended up getting remarried. So they worked things out. And they remained married for four years. And so then after that, so Fred actually married a woman named Donna as well. So that's crazy. Nice. Yeah, when he was 19 years old, he actually married a woman named Donna. Now, him and Fred was married... Her and Fred was married less than a year and then divorced, but then they got remarried the next year. This There's is a, a lot. lot of divorce remarriage. Like, how easy is it for them to get divorced in this? Right. I was what state like, are they in? Because this show ain't California. No, this is taking place in Florida. Right yeah, because you ain't. This it costs you so much, and they take so much for uh, you in a divorce. Like two, three, two, three times with the same person. Yeah. Y'all be like, you playing games with me? <laughs> and keep in mind, this is the seventies too that we're in. So I, they, it's so much harder now. I guess divorce was just a stamp, you know. Back yeah, because just... they was getting divorced the same year and getting remarried. Right, and I, I think there's a statue where you can't get married within a certain time. I don't know. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, like I don't know, but something like that. I'm not sure. Don't don't quote me on it. I do not know the law. Oh but yeah, you can't just be divorced, married, divorced, married. I mean, can you? I don't know. Now, 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 so, so the next year, so he gets remarried, right? And then Fred, her and Fred ends up having a daughter named Denise. And she, he ends up having a daughter. And so, so he gets married. I'm sorry, he divorced Donna. Then he got married to a woman named Denise. And then he has a daughter with Denise. Okay. So I'm like getting all confused right now because it's just too much marriage going on. Man. Now, David ends up getting, um, he ends up getting a divorce and he marries a woman named Pamela Vard. Uh. So now they're both, you know, married and the last name Lords. <laughs> she was looking for a husband, right? Let me tell you that. Now David and Fred both start abusing alcohol and drugs together, and in 1976, David and Fred decided to team up because they both had a lot of sexual fantasies and stuff about women, but it was always violent sexual fantasies. Like, they would always picture themselves, you know, raping women, killing women. So they decided to just go ahead and, you know, team up. So they came up with, you know, to stalking and abducting women together at this time. So teamwork, now Teamwork, teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? So the first time they tried to do this, they was trailing a woman, you know, in their car. And they decided to get out and shoot at her tires in order to kidnap her. And so they tried to do it, but the lady gets out of her car and runs. So they right, you don't her. overly alert the notion <laughs> before you steal it. Right, that's what I'm saying. You like, want to be what? calm and nice and then snatch up. Right. And then you can do what you want with it. Don't start shooting out tires. You're scared off like a deer. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that now, now she's gone. You yeah. can't get that now. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened here. And the crazy thing is, this lady is going to come back. Women are fickle. Yeah. You got to watch the hunting channel. 
I look crazy. Like, is that a woman in the wood? <laughs> Are you Cardi B sound? Are you <laughs> See if you can get him to come over to this and throw a little, throw some granola on the ground. Oh my gosh, you're making bird noises. <laughs> Wait, that's what you think about us women that we're just maybe come with a twenty dollar bill. They have her mosey over to the bush. That's how you get them. So you think that I would mosey over to somebody's bush if somebody you would mosey over towards over? a bush if you saw a, a twenty dollar bill covered in granola? You oh. telling me you ain't gonna pick up that twenty dollar okay, bill? Okay, yeah, you would yeah, give me yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snatch your ass up <laughs> <laughs> right then. That's how it looks natural. Oh, see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, I see what you're oh, saying. the granola's part of nature. You yeah. know, somebody just dropped that, and, and as soon as you bend over to get it, oh yeah, you about to drop it like it's hot. <laughs> oh yeah, I was. Oh my gosh! You gotta learn to fish for the women. That's crazy. I I need to work on not picking up random money off the Especially if they're by bushes. <laughs> you see some guys' eyeballs staring out. Just keep on walking. Keep walking, damn. So she runs away, and you know. So basically, then they start following a lady from Vero Beach to Miami, but they gave up on her because she ended up parking on a busy street. So what they did was they ended up sexually assaulting a woman named Alicia, who she, you know, after they sexually... I bet ass- you it's an older woman. Uh, yeah. They just settled on some old lady that couldn't walk away from their ass. <laughs> they just got anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but the sad thing is she called the police, but she later dropped the charges because she didn't want to have to stand up in court and testify. It was just too much for her. Okay. Now, in 1980, David Gore became a deputy sheriff, and this worked into their favor. Wow. Yeah, this was part of the, the plan, because this is how they're going to actually kidnap women. What is the screening process? Uh, back, in the, not, back in the 80s, it didn't seem like much. Man. <laughs> now, so basically, and also, David was also working with his dad at the Citrus Grove, which I think the Citrus Grove is like some kind of like, it's not like a grocery store. It's like, you know how like people pick like fruits and stuff like that? It's like, like a that market. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's like a market. It's like a market of kind of like maybe like one of those, like, like would you say, like one of those strawberry picking yeah, places? Yeah, like a come, farmer's yeah. market. That's what I was, that's what I think. And you can come out there and pick it yourself to get a, a deal for a bushel of strawberries. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So he will, he will, he was, uh, he will work there with his dad during the day. Mm-hmm. And then at nighttime, he would patrol because he was a deputy now. Now, <laughs> yeah, he'd patrol. Yeah. <laughs> you got there stalking your ass in a cop suit like Terminator 2. Now, during this time, Fred had moved away to Orlando and he started managing an automotive shop as well, but he would come and hook up with his cousin-in-law at Vero Beach. So, in 1981, they came up with the whole plan. So, David, it was decided that David was going to be the main one to find and stalk and grab the victim, and he was just going to go ahead and bring the victim to Fred. Fred would offer to pay David $1,000 for every pretty girl that David brought him. Wow. Yeah, and so this is where we're going to see, and I I wanted to put in, you notice in any killing duo, there's always one that's like the most, that's going to do the most, and there's always one that's kind of like, you know, kind of standoffish, and we'll see that Fred was kind of like the brains of the operation, but he had David doing everything, so that's going to come back later. Is that something you've noticed? Is that, how many killings you've researched with dynamic duos? Oh, we're, yeah, I've researched a lot. I'm actually researching now, one now, too. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, so there's always one, there's I would always say. pinky and the brain. Yeah, that's exactly how it is. And I noticed that there's always like one that's like completely psycho, which don't get me wrong, they're both psycho if they're doing this, but there's always one that wants to do it more and the other one's along for the ride, if you ever notice this. Or for probably well, getting the pleasures because he's paying them for it. Yeah, yeah. Like $1,000 a woman, that's not, you know, that's not a bad price. Because mm-hmm. now Fred has a job, you know, at the automotive. So yeah, he's paying him $1,000 for every pretty girl. 
So on February 19th, 1981, David had been stalking 17-year-old Yin Ling. He tricked her into his car by using his police badge after she got off the school bus and he drove her to her house. Her mother answered the door and then he arrested the mother and he binds both the mom and the daughter at that wow. point. Yeah. Two for one. He was mm -hmm. like, I'm getting paid this week. Yeah. So once he had been bind up, he called Fred and he told him to come down because he had some girls for him. So they take both the girls, they take both of them, they drive them to the orchard. So that's why that's going to come back later because they're actually using the orchard that David works at, his dad's orchard, to do this. Mm. Now they both rape the victims. And well, he raped the victims first. But when Fred got there, you know, he told David that the mother was too old. So that was the I, I was gonna just I was literally about to say, so what happens if he feels like the goods ain't to his quality? Yeah, we're gonna like this ain't thousand dollar goods, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. She's like twenty five hundred she's like two hundred and fifty dollar goods. Yeah. I need, I need three hundred for that. Yeah. This well, we're gonna get into that. So David took both of them. David kidnapped them, takes them to the orchard. Fred gets there, he's unhappy. And so what they do And it's used already? Like you gonna use the goods? Like, yeah. come on, man. That's a discount too. Yeah. So David rapes the mom, but Fred don't even want to touch the mom. Mm, so mm, what mm. David does is after he rapes the mother, he just goes ahead and chokes her to death. And, and so but Fred did take advantage. He raped the seventeen year old and he killed the seventeen year old. But because he it wasn't to his liking, he only gave David four hundred dollars for both the girls. Dang, not even a thousand for the, the young one. No, he, like he agreed on before. Well, we'll see. So Fred has a certain type, and it was actually his fault because he didn't tell David. He told David to go get women. He didn't tell him what kind. So now he's gonna tell him what kind. Okay. So I think that was the so problem. So he can get better on the price range. Yeah, was worth his thousand. Bucks. Right. Right. So now David is in charge of getting rid of the body. So what he does was he dismembers both the bodies. He puts them in oil drums and then he buries them. Now in 1981, he tried to abduct another woman, but he was not successful. And on July 15th. Man, I mean, he got to get the women and bury the women. Yeah, Jeez. that's what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying? Fred's not really doing, and Fred's not doing anything. Man, he just coming in and get the rape on it and cashing out. Yeah. Like, mm. And that's going to come back later when that when that comes to trial. So we'll. Right, I'll be like, man, you got me doing a little too much. Yeah, because he got to. You got to bury a chick. Too. Yeah. Take some of this. He got to stalk the women and then they do it. Like, he, he got to rape them. You know what I mean? And the only thing he gets to do is rape them. Yeah, for a bonus. He yeah. doesn't actually get to rape them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? What if dudes talk about, man, I need you to keep this one? pure for my money yeah and i'll pay you an extra 50 bucks you know so right. now you don't even get the rape yeah mm -mm. now fred makes a specific order he says he only wants blondes so that's his thing so he that that's his thing so he was like only get me blondes that's it so david goes out and finds 35 year old judith judith daly and what he does is he goes out he disables her car and then he offers to help her so she got in the car so that, you know, she could be driven to a payphone. But once she gets in the car, he handcuffs her and holds her at gunpoint. Oh. So after that, once she's handcuffed, he goes to the payphone and he calls Fred. So when Fred got there, he gave him a $1,500 because he was very happy with her. Nice. Both men sexually assaulted her and murdered her. And then David had to throw her in the swamp and feed her to the alligators after they were done. Now, a week later, a man reported to the sheriff's department mm -hmm. that one of their deputies had stopped his teenage daughter on the highway and attempted mm -hmm. to hold her for questioning. And so because of this, you know, that he said that, you know, basically David, because remember, David's using his police badge to do this. Mm -hmm. And because so, like, of this... Putting your career on the line for $1,000? Right. Like, 
That's wild. So now because of this, David ends up losing his badge and he was arrested a few days later because he was crouched in the backseat of a woman's car. Nice. I think he was trying to abduct a woman, but however, they couldn't get him on anything because he didn't get the woman, but it was just like they got him on other charges. I wonder how that went down. Like he was at a movie theater somewhere <laughs> and the security guy was like, bro, that's right. a weirdo that I've seen. <laughs> In somebody's car. He wasn't laid down. He was crouched. I don't even know how you crouch in the back of a car. He's ready to... His feet are on the back seat. Yeah, he's Hunched like, over. Like, like, like he's looking like Freddy Krueger. Like, he's about to lunge on somebody yeah. from in the back of their seat. Yeah, he's waiting. Man. And he had... So, this is what he had when they found him. He had handcuffs, a police radio scanner. He was shirtless. He had a cocktail in one hand and a gun in the other hand. And what happened to the cloth that has that chloroform in it? You're he right, had a he chloroform cloth. Just sit there and knock him out. Yeah, I think he was just dependent on his gun and his, you know what I mean, and his handcuffs to do that. Nah, he should have been ready for being a chloroform cloth, lubrication, a zippo, you know, yeah. and, and a hair tie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. So you know a lot about this, huh? No, I'm just... Is that... I, look, I, I, wink, really wink. Came, I really came up with that with all off the side of my head right there. <laughs> it sounded like it went good together, though. Now, he was charged with and convicted with armed trespassing. So he received five years in prison for this, but he only did two and a half hours. So because Damn. he was no longer a police. Yeah. So because he was no longer a police officer, it made them it harder for him to get women. You know what I mean? So they had to kind of change up their MO of what they did. Mm-hmm. And so, see, this is the prime example. You see how he got caught up in Fred? Like, you know, he's living his life because David is doing all the work. And lost his whole career already. Right. And Fred is still living his life because remember, he he owns, a he's a manager at an automotive shop. So right. he's still living his life over there. So they had to, you know, change up how they were actually going to kidnap women and, you know, get women there. Now, David was paroled in 1983 and he has to spend a few days, he has to spend a little bit of time at the halfway house. So for those of you guys that don't know, a halfway house is a, a transitional home that you have to go to after prison. You still have restrictions on you, but you're not in prison just to show that you can acclimate yourself back into society. Even if you got your own house? Yeah, even if you have your own house, because it's like typically, and, and it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes you get released and, you know, you just go home, but sometimes you have to get acclimated back into society. So the halfway house is basically, you have to stay there with other, you know, inmates. They had to like acclimate that. him for being there for two days? No, he was in there for two and a half years. Oh, the second time. Yeah. this Well, remember when he got caught with that lady uh, in the back of that lady's Yeah, car. but I thought you said he was in there for two days. No, he was in there. He got five years, but he got two and a half years. He did two and a half years of it. Okay. I thought you said mm-hmm. days. That's what I was like, Jesus. Yeah. No, hell no. <laughs> now, so basically this is what happens after. So Fred ends up moving back, you know, to Vero Beach. So now they're back in the same city together and everything like that. Fred still is the manager at the automotive stuff, at the automotive shop, you know. But now that David is out there, the dynamic duo again. So. He took his partner with a job. You're right, huh? <laughs> Yeah, this whole thing is just, I, this, you know, killing duels, it really, it, it makes it, I'm very um, fascinated with killing duels. Oh, yeah. Because it, I am, because it's like, how, like, do you get two people? Like, because if I walked up to you and said, hey, do you want to help me kill people? Like, what would your answer be? I mean, you've asked me that before and I told you that. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so... So this is what happens, and this is where shit is about to really go down. Are you ready for this? Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so they're patrolling the area, 
they pick up two 14-year-old hitchhikers named Angelica Lavelli and Barbara Ann Byer. So basically they how they get them in the car is that um, Fred offers them some weed. That's how they get them in the car. Mm-hmm. So they pick them up. Mm. Drugs, sex, and lies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they rape both girls and then David shot them. Barbara's body was dismembered and buried in a shallow grave and then he dumped Angelica in the canal. Now, July 26th of 1983, there was two girls named Lynn Elliott, who was 17 years old, and Reagan Martin, who was 14 years old, and they were hitchhiking when they were picked up by the cousins. Uh Uh-oh. So as soon as they got in the car, David pulled a gun on them, and, you know, they drove to his parents' house when they weren't home. Now, for this one... Fred actually leaves. He excuses himself from the situation because he said as they were driving down the street to David's parents' house, he saw his sister walking down the street. And so he got like scared and he was like, he didn't think it was a good idea for him to stay for this rape and murder. So he he went ahead and left. Because his sister could be one of them victims. Yeah, no, or he he was just scared that his sister like could have spotted him and been like, what are you doing with these girls? So he kind of left David holding the bag because now David has two victims in the car that's kidnapped. David's been on the holding bag. Yeah, David has been holding the fucking bag, right? That's why, well, I've not, I don't know the gang members, but I've seen it in gang movies Mm -hmm. where they'd be like, you need to do the killing. Like some of the stuff, you need to get your hands dirty too. Right. Let your your butt go, man. They're not just going to let you... Come in here, get all the goodies, and not have another blood on your hands. Right, that's the thing. And so far, we've been seeing this a lot. You know mm-hmm. that Fred's not really helping. I mean, he helped with the last two girls that we talked about. Right. It was once he, you know, once he really liked it, he got in there and then he did some of that killing. Yeah. Now, so Fred has already left, and now David takes both the girls because they're at his parents' house now. They, you know, he takes them to his parents' house. He puts them in separate rooms. He makes both girls strip down and he sexually assaults them multiple times while keeping them in separate rooms of his parents' house. And I'm sorry, you know what? I'm going to put a trigger warning because there's a lot of rape in this one and I'm so sorry. I should have put that at the beginning. This is a trigger warning. So I'm going to put it like when I post the episode, I'm going to put trigger warning because this episode has so much rape in it. Man, you have said that word at least in the warning at least nine times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so basically he makes both girls, you know, strip down. He sexually assaults them. And so while he's assaulting Reagan, Lynn Elliott somehow is able to free herself and she's butt naked. But she runs out of the house and down the driveway. I mean, he's switching back and forth from rooms. Yeah. At some point in time, break a window or yeah. jump out or something. Like. And, and that's what she did. She's actually able to get herself free while he's with the other girl and she starts running down the driveway naked Mm -hmm. now he's also naked as well so once he saw that she escaped he starts chasing her so you can imagine what this is this is broad daylight by the way this is not nighttime Mm -hmm. so he runs out of the house he's naked she's naked and then it's like a scary movie she trips and falls nice so that's what happens and he grabs her by her her hair he struggles with her tries to drag her back in the house but when he can't, he struggles and then he shoots her in the head twice. And this wow. is in broad, like broad daylight. Wow. Now, a boy, a little boy on a bike witnessed this whole thing. Yeah, he did. Somebody had to. Like, okay, let's talk about the stupidest part of the crime right now. Why in broad daylight? In broad daylight? No, at that point, he's committed. He's oh, committed my. to the crime. He's committed to making sure that, you know... She she needs she cannot go off and tell nobody. Yeah. Um. He feels like he lives in a good enough neighborhood that you know they they stay to themselves and don't really look out their windows. Yeah. To where 
you know, they're not going to, you know, think it's, it's it's bad. I don't know why he thought a gun, well, a gun would be something me? like, you know, everybody would just be okay with. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, I mean, if you're living in Kentucky, I wouldn't be surprised if people are shooting guns every other day. Oh, my God. But this is Florida, though. That's freaking crazy. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So I don't know how. I'm thinking of another southern state that I think just shoots lots of guns. Yeah. So if it was a state you're or right, an area where they shoot lots yeah. of guns. Right. You know, because the coldest part is, is. Even though you say he didn't expect any witnesses, we're not hearing 12 witnesses. We're hearing a little boy down the street that was staring at it. Yeah. So everybody else did ignore it. Yeah. Down. They did, huh? That's crazy. Yeah. Because if the, and that little boy wouldn't have been outside on his bike. And he'd just been butt naked beating the bitch and shooting her in the face <laughs> in broad daylight and nobody would have did nothing. That's hella scary, though. Mm-hmm. That's hella mm-hmm. scary. Like, because think about that. You think you're safe in a broad day. Like, most of us think we're safe, like, in the in the daylight. We so, it's in a neighborhood. You think, like, somebody's going to say or do something. Right. But apparently, it's not just in the hood. It's in your know, white neighborhoods, too, the uppity neighborhoods where they ain't saying nothing. Damn. Because, like I said, we ain't, you didn't say four or five other witnesses. You just said one, a boy, luckily, down the street, riding a bike. Yeah. Is the only person that says anything. That's wild. So the little boy goes back home and he reports this incident to his parents who called the police. And they said that the, basically what, what she, they said was there's a new man firing shots at a naked girl on a residential street. Mm-hmm. So the cops, of course, they come quickly and they notice, you know, the car in the driveway. And they also noticed that blood was dripping from the, the trunk as well. Cause by now he's killed, you know, Reagan and he well he's killed he killed the girl running out he put her in the trunk of the car so when they come there's blood just dripping out the trunk of the car Mm -hmm. and there was a whole standoff with him because he refused to come out of the house and finally he surrenders and he told them where to find 14 year old reagan so the other girl was left alive so he didn't it's funny with the caucasian race and you can hear about standoffs have you ever heard about a standoff in the hood no. Like, you stay someplace and you hold a gun, they just all open fire, like, wild, yeah. wild west. Right, well, th- and that's crazy, because we could talk about that, because they specifically said a naked man is fired, so they know he has a gun. And they know he's the- killed. Yeah. So, it's like, damn. It's so, just he gets a standoff? Yeah, a standoff. And he gets to negotiate, but he- man, when have you ever heard of a standoff? Yeah, he just refused to come out the house. Like, I, I didn't know that was a real thing until, like, like <laughs> I was like, that's on movie standoff. A like, standoff. bro, if they see you, well, I understand, if they see you with a, with a weapon, yeah. you get murdered on the spot. Yeah. That's the culture I've lived by and yeah. witnessed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For, um, for 30 plus years now, yeah. I've witnessed that, that... Y'all get a standoff, quote unquote, and this is that standoff situation where he's armed, but he's like, I'm not going to put it down, and I don't want to go, and y'all just shoot his ass down. I've never seen y'all talk to him for hours. Yeah, cause that, and I don't know how long this standoff was, but it was for a minute. And right, they, and talk they, to him and negotiate and bring yeah. him food. Like I've never, and I want pie, yeah, and spaghetti. Uh, I've never, I've never seen that. And I have heard of that. Like in real life, there has been people that negotiated what kind of food they want. Right, that's like, what I'm what saying. I've one? never, I've never seen that. Just interesting. Damn, that's crazy. So if they would have described it as a black man, it just would have been. He'd just been shot on the spot. Oh, that's fine. Even if he wasn't even armed. If yeah. he fits the description and he's at that area, at that moment, he'll be shot on the spot. Dale. So David finally, he surrenders. He realizes there's nowhere for him to go. He's stuck in the house. He's either going to stay there or come out. So he surrenders. They rescue Reagan. Again, unfortunately, Lynn is dead in the trunk and he's arrested right away. 
So immediately he snitched on Fred, and he was like, "Well, it was one of those. Well, Fred was doing it too." Oh no, I snitched on Fred. Yeah, but only because Fred keeps putting me in the situation where I'm gonna keep taking this. Yeah, and I'm not gonna. And he already took it before, and Fred lived his best life and yeah. all the shit, and then yeah. he didn't offer you a job or nothing after that. After yeah, you're still struggling and living, and now you living off of him. Paying you for raping chips. Yeah. No, I'd be like, no, nah, bro, no, no, this ain't just me. Right. And then if you think about it, where's Fred at? Fred leaves. Well, he right. Sees that sister. happens and Fred not, leaves. Yeah, he's not even there. So immediately, David, you know, tells, says something about Fred. Fred was arrested that same day. They went to the automotive shop and they went and got him. Mm-hmm. And they also discovered the body of Barbara Byers. And also the woman, remember the woman that they tried to kidnap and they shot out her tires and all that stuff? That she also called the police too and said what they tried to do to her as well. Nice. Now they were tried separately. And sometimes it is best, you know, if two co-defendants is tried separately. And, you know, that's a better defense. Only because sometimes you may have evidence in one that you don't have in the other. You don't want two co-defendants to be sitting together at trial. And then the jury is hearing everything on both. That's why you try to join me in when it's your murders. <laughs> no, we're going to be tried separately, though. Yeah, so you could be tried separately, and most of the stuff can just depend on me. Yeah. Because I work a good point of you. Well, you are a black man, so they're going off to top, pin man. everything on you. And I'm the mastermind. Like, <laughs> off top, I'm going down. I'm going to be like, he forced me to do it. Right? I'm just innocent and starry-eyed. <laughs> I don't know anything. I barely even know how to write. Be like, black man. <laughs> Of course, of course. Now, this is where the trials get very interesting. So we're going to go into a lot of, you know, criminal about the trials and a lot of facts about trials. Mm. So David Gore, he's charged with first degree murder, two counts of sexual battery and two counts of kidnap. Now, David makes a deal with the prosecution to plead guilty with all the murders. Now, keep in mind, not all plea plea deals is for the best interest necessarily of the defendants. I mean, like this plea deal, he did not get a good plea deal. Not that he should have, but for me, sometimes it's better not to plea because it's like, what what the hell? Like, you're going to I hear. mean, what is the alternative? Death? Well, it depends. Sometimes if you plea, they'll take the death penalty on the t- off the table. But in this case, they didn't, which is I don't even understand what the per- point of this plea was. But we'll hear it. Okay. So he makes a deal to plead guilt to the prosecution. He'll plead guilty to all the murders. He also said that he would help the police find all the bodies and he would testify against Fred as well. Now, but the death penalty stayed on the table. So I, I so was, you tell us everything and then we kill you. Yeah. Nice. What kind of shit? I don't get it. But <laughs> that's so, some Okinawa stuff yeah. right there. That is the way of the samurai yeah. right there. And it really depends on the kind of lawyer you have. Like die with honor. Yeah, that's I, and I. It really depends on the kind of lawyer you have, though, because a good lawyer probably could have negotiated. Okay, instead of death, we'll give you life without parole or something. But I was like, what kind of negotiation was this? Because yeah, I wouldn't. Have, I, if you tell me I'm dying anyway, I'd be like, well, well let's go for find it. Find your bodies by yourselves, right? Right, like whatever. I don't care. Now he did. He did receive the death penalty. He did file a lot of appeals, but the Supreme Court upheld the death sentence. Now, we're going to talk about Fred Gore's trial, but we're going to talk about that later. So, but we're we're going to stay on David, but we're going to talk about Fred Gore's trial because there's a lot to unpack with um, Fred, I'm sorry, Fred Waterfield's trial. Right now we're on David. Mm -hmm. So, so basically, um, so this is what happened. So David's in prison right now, right? He's on the deck. He's. On, on death row. Okay. He starts writing letters in prison of detailed explanations to his crime. 
problems, you know, because he starts having like pen pals and stuff like that. So he, in his letters, said his murders was the perfect experience. And, you know, he was writing letters to this man that reached out to him that wanted to understand his mindset. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times people will reach out to killers and they kind of want to interview them, journalists, they want to know their mindset. You reached out to several killers. (laughs) Now, you know, he said that David said it's just like... That's not even a joke. That's like, for this research. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Now... David actually, when he started writing letters to this guy, he said that killing is kind of like being horny. It just keeps building until you need some relief, no matter what the chances are. He said you constantly worry about getting caught, but the reward is worth the risk. So now these letters that he was writing back and forth to his pen pal got out to the media and then people started just fluttering, flooding the governor's office with like letters, phone calls, you know, and they was just like, look at these letters. He's not sorry about what he did. You know, he is basically gloating in our faces that he killed a whole bunch of people and he was happy about it. Mm, mm, mm. So what happened was this sped up his process and the governor signed off his death warrant. So, yeah, all because he wrote these letters and it got out to the media. I'm like, keep your fucking mouth shut because, you know, most people will be on death row 20, 30 years. This spread up his process. Which I feel the process shouldn't take that long anyway. Yeah. So, April 12, 2012, David Gore, he had his last meal. His last meal was fried chicken, french fries, and butter pecan ice cream. And his last words was an apology to Lynn Elliott's family. Now, Lynn Elliott was the girl that he shot outside naked. And he said that he was a changed man. Mm. He actually died by lethal injection during this time. So, that was it. Now we're going to get to Fred Waterfield and we're going to go more into depth about his trial because I feel like what happened in his trial was very, very interesting. So Fried chicken. Yeah, fried chicken. I don't know. I don't even know. I think my last meal would definitely be like some kind of soul food. Like, but oh my gosh, like I would have so much. What would you have for your last meal? I mean, it's it, fried chicken is up there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, White Castles. Oh my God. I'm you just, want burgers? I love White yeah. Castle burgers. Yeah. I need some. And I don't get them enough in my life. But that's my life. Maybe I should do filet mignon and mignon or some shit. I don't know. With some. That's uh, yeah. so boo boo nah, nah. You'd have no imagination. That's just because you just named the most fanciest thing you the heard most somebody else. Shit that yeah, I, but you I don't love, love it good at all that. You just I named have... something fancy that somebody else rich had. I love filet mignon. Mm-hmm. That's what you eat regularly. <laughs> filet mignon. Huh? Yeah, I eat filet mignon every single day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mignon girl. That's what they call you, Nisha Mignon. Now, Fred Waterfield, he had several trials. And remember, this was the cousin that... So David got the death penalty. This was the cousin that didn't really get his hands as dirty. Now, he was convicted on manslaughter in the murder of Lynn Elliott. Lynn Elliott was the girl that got shot outside naked. And in case you guys are wondering, so he wasn't even there. Remember, this was the one that he left on. But in Florida, anyone involved with the kidnapping can also be charged with the murder, even if they weren't present for the murder. So, yeah, because the event that was put in motion caused the murder. So remember, like, there was no way that he could get out of that part of it because he was in the car. Like, when they picked those girls up, he was in the car. But he just left before all the other shit went down. Right. So he did participate in the abduction. And also David, his cousin, took the stand and had testified against him. He was also convicted of the murder of Barbara and Angelica as well. So he actually ended up receiving two life sentences. He didn't get the death penalty at all. Now he wasn't as 
you know, witness to be as heinous. Right. He wasn't witness to be as heinous. Now, this is what happened after he was actually, you know, convicted. He said that he is innocent and that he was also a hostage when David committed the public murder that got them arrested. And he wasn't even present. He had nothing at all to do with David's crimes. So he said that David lied to him, lied when he implicated him in all the killings. And he also said that the prosecutor fabricated evidence against him because he wanted to ne make a name for himself and get a conviction. This is what Fred oh, is saying. Oh, wow. Yeah. He said that, and this is, this is one thing that he's saying. He's saying, if I was, he said, if I was really guilty, then why wouldn't I have got the death penalty like my cousin? So he's trying uh -huh. to use, right. So he's trying to use that, like, wait a minute, obviously I'm innocent because you guys couldn't even get me. So... The prosecutor comes back and this is how they explained it. You know, he said that, yes. So he said that, yes, he would have liked to see Fred get the death penalty just like David. But the fact is he didn't. And he said the fact of the matter is the reason that he didn't get the death penalty as well is because there just wasn't enough evidence against him for him to get the death penalty. Because remember, he was the main one that wasn't actually doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So, so, and he, and so a lot of times, well, now Fred, this is his side of the story. So they got his side of the story. Fred was saying that he also was a hostage as well. He said that David has shown up to his automotive shop and he had, you know, asked him, Hey, do you want to come ride with me somewhere? So, you know, Fred had to go to the storage facility and get a part. So him and David was just driving. And he said that as they were heading back to the shop, David suggested that they drive by the beach, right? So that's when they spotted Lynn and Reagan and her friend and they picked them up. And he said that he didn't know that David was going to kidnap and rape the girls. He said he knew he was wrong when he offered them some weed, but that's the only thing he did was offer them some weed. So then he said that when David pulled his gun out, he feared that he would get shot if he tried to, you know, help, you know, the girls at all. Oh, your friend for, and your cousin for years? And yeah. Let you get some of the sisters loving? Yeah, right. He's going to now shoot you? Then came the you know the kidnapping and the murder and stuff like that so so what he said was when they when they drove back that he told the whole thing he said his cousin basically did this all by himself and he said he had left because he had to get back to work at the automotive shop and he also said that you know because so they was asking they said okay so if you were a hostage and the girls were a hostage too then how were you able to leave the house and they weren't able to leave the house uh -huh. you know what i mean and he was like you know, he didn't want anything to do with that. He said he tried to put, he tried to talk David into putting the gun away. He said, I don't know why David didn't shoot me when I left the house. He said he doesn't know. And he said when he got back to his automotive shop, he, he had in danger. Right. And he said when he got back to his automotive shop, he said he did plan to, you know, call the police and everything. I mean, like, why didn't you call him once you got to the automotive shop? Well, or down the street to the payphone. Well, well, then he said that because one of his customers came up and wanted to talk about, you know, something that happened with his car. So he just got distracted and he just couldn't call the police. Right. So it's raping and the murder of two women mm -hmm. is easily forgotten when you need to make a sale on a car. Right. That's That's exactly what happened. That's what happened. Now he said that, and then he said before he could even do anything, he said then the police came and he said that arrested him and he didn't get a chance to just do anything at all. 
So then he said, so he was also charged with the murders of Byer and Lavelle. You remember the first, so there was two sets of girls that was murdered before these girls, you know, yes. got kidnapped. So he, and so the reason, so Fred was charged with this because the prosecutor said that his signature was found on a credit card receipt showing that he had purchased gas from a gas station somewhere near the two girls disappeared around the same time. Now this corroborated David's story. And so the prosecutors didn't charge Fred with any other killings because there was no other evidence besides David's statement. So David was the only witness. So they could only charge him with the two girls. And then they also charged him with the manslaughter of Lynn because that's the one that they knew he had kidnapped on. So, in, yeah. So you see what I'm saying? So he kind of, even though he got life, he still kept his hands. He didn't get the death penalty because he kind of kept his hands clean. Now, Fred was tried first for Lynn Elliott's murder, and the prosecutor, Bob Stone, he originally did seek the death penalty for him. But then what happened was Fred's attorney pushed for, you know, he, he pushed for a speedy trial as well because, you know, he wanted this trial to, you know, be speedy, and he wanted to make sure that his client did not get the death penalty. And he also knew that David was going to implicate uh, Fred in some of the other murders, so he wanted to just get Fred's trial out of the way. So he also knew that David wouldn't be a good witness at, at all. So he went ahead and he sped up the trial. Now, da now David Gore, when he, when he was interviewed, he was basically talking to God. I guess at some point he had started losing his mind. He was talking to God. He was completely off the wall. And that's why he wasn't called in the Elliott case to witness against Fred. Mm. Because by then he had kind of started losing his mind. Boy gonna die yeah and they were saying that he was so incompetent that you know when he was seen in his jail cell he was like that didn't make sense to even call him for a witness so he didn't witness the elliot case he only witnessed the other ones now without david's testimony on that one they only convicted fred waterfield of manslaughter that's the one he got manslaughter on because they knew that he had kidnapped the girls but he didn't actually participate in the murder and they also felt like you know he should have called the police as well. So he was sentenced to 15 years for that one. Mm. But he was, the two life sentences came from those other girls. Okay. Now, Fred was then tried for the murders of the girls that we were talking about, Abire and Lavelli, but the prosecutor decided not to seek the death penalty. And I thought this part was very interesting because if there's any kind of doubt that he participated or what he did a lot of times jurors because remember jurors is just 12 people like me and you like they have feelings so they're like do we really want to put this person to death and it's not a reasonable doubt so a lot of times once the death penalty is on the table what will happen is the person to get a not guilty because people don't want to put somebody to death if it's not exactly like a slam dunk you know what i mean like think about oh. if you're on the so that's why, so that's what they were scared of. They were scared that he would get a not guilty because the the jurors didn't want to put him to death because they weren't sure. So they took the death penalty off the table and then they said, okay, life with no parole. And so the jurors convicted him. They felt better about convicting him, if that makes sense. I understand. Yeah. So, they, and so that's what they came back with when Fred was trying to say, well, if I was really guilty, I wouldn't have got the, I would have got the death penalty like my cousin. And they was like, no, 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 this is why you didn't get the death penalty. That does not mean that you're any less guilty. Now, however, Fred and his uh, daughter, Fred's wife and his daughter, ex-wife and his daughter, they have never stopped trying to fight to get him out of prison. He's serving two life sentences and he is completely trying to get out of prison right now. And he was like, no, 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 David did all this. David is dead now because he got executed. And Fred is probably never going to get out of prison as well. But 
you know, a lot of people, well, just those two people, his daughter and his wife is really trying to say, hey, you know what? He needs to get out of prison. And Donna said, yeah. And so that was the whole thing. She said, this is his ex-wife and um, he has twin daughters. And they said that he's completely innocent and she's helping him with his appeal. And she, this is what she says. She says, we will always love each other. We still love each other. And she still wears his diamond ring that, you know, he gave her. She is a ride or die. Yeah. And that she is said, a true good woman. Right there. Yeah. And she said, I never had any doubt, you know. And then she said that her and her daughters were fine with David's execution because she was like, he did everything. You know what I mean? But she said that she sees him as causing horrendous from, you know, horrendous pain for the victims and also for her too because she was like you know you took away my husband you took away the father of my kids this is what she's saying so she was like this is yeah. all david's fault yeah and you know she says i have no problem with the death penalty except for what i've seen in fred's case and they tried to go for the death penalty she said fred could have been executed before we ever had the opportunity to prove his innocence to so to this day and he's still in prison she's trying to prove his innocence and she wants him to get out i don't man that is wow she is the true hero at the end of the talk yeah right is the woman who's staying there trying to be there uh -huh. for the guy that's divorced mary divorced mary and then accused of killings and rapings uh -huh. and you are still there man yeah that's real but on an ending, though, the victim's family, all the victim's family was like, no, they feel like Fred Waterfield was the truly the brains of the operation. And they're very upset and disappointed that he didn't get the death penalty with David, because at the end of the day, they was like, they knew that he had everything planned. But, you know, it's like he meticulously, he was very clever when he kind of just put everything off on David. And that's what, and this is what I said. Remember I said it was going to come back. We see that happen where, yeah, he got life, but he didn't get the death penalty. And there was so much, you know, confusion on what he did, what he didn't do. This is why he got off, Yeah, you know, with it. Yeah, and that, and I mean, I'm not going to, to water down how the family feels because uh -huh. you know you kind of like hey it's a mob boss you're just as good as killing the people as the, the, you know the killers yeah but the killer is the killer yeah he is the person that has that in their heart and that's maybe why you know there, there's mob bosses maybe not aren't, aren't killers but they know how to delegate things and know how to think things out yeah and know that this person needs to be taken out and eliminated if it's going to be a feasible plan you know and the same thing of accounting you can say that, you know, you got to get rid of this company and you just fired 30,000 people. That doesn't mean you're a great person and you heartless and you just, you can walk up to 30,000 people and tell them all to be fired. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if a company asks you, like, how are we going to stay afloat? You can tell them, like, this is how it would happen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying in the whole sense of, yeah, well, he did get the incentive. Yeah. And at any point in time, if you're not a killer, you can just tell them that. Yeah. I mean, he was a whole ass cop. How can he, if he's telling you to kill, you're the person that could stop him on every page. Right. If you right. didn't want to do it. Mm hmm You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm So, he's accountable for him using his authority, him going out and killing and all that. Yeah. This guy giving incentive was, honestly, to me, almost seems like icing on the cake for something you seemed like he was going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you knew how to kind of not have your hands. And I really honestly think that he probably thought that he was just going to be completely clean by having his cousin just do it. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, like, and... 
he he really kind of did, and because of the fact that it, it, you are wrong for your incentive, yeah, you are wrong for be for participation, mm-hmm. uh, and you are killing too, you know. What I'm yeah. saying? So that, those are the things that I'm like. I do agree with those things on the killings, but we can't just you know make it seem like this guy was a whole ass inanimate yeah. object. Well, and he's going out, you know, doing these killings only on the delegation of your speech, of your, well, your incentive. Well, yeah, and that's the crazy thing about it, too, is because if you think about it, though, Fred really could have got away with it. Because the only thing that got him caught up in the with the Barbara LaBelle, the two girls murders, was that whole receipt thing. Because David was, David was really the only witness in those ones. And they said they can't just take his word of mouth, but they did find the receipt that corroborated the story. If there was no receipt, if he doesn't get gas, he doesn't get charged for those murders. The only thing he gets is manslaughter for Lynn's murder. He could have been out in 15 years. Right. That's and now, crazy. now you're now you're showing of his part yeah. in arguing the semantics and the splitting of hairs, but you're but you're showing his point and <clears throat> who knows how much of that participation he had. Yeah. You know. How guilty and was he or not on what he may or may not have done? How yeah. much is it is just his friend saying stuff? I guarantee you they probably trying to say like, oh, he had my car and I let him use gas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all that that gets on hearsay mm-hmm. on how much he was uh, involved. Because even after you told me the whole thing, what you told me with his pleading the case of, you know, he left because he had to go to work. And the other guy is not really sure, like, you know, what why he left. Yeah. Where'd the story come from that he saw his sister walking on the road? Right. That's what, that's what I was saying. That's what I said, too, because that, that was one thing that came up as well. It came up that he saw his sister, but he's saying it's because he had to go to work. Right. So who said the sister part? Yeah, that was David that said that part. You know. About the sister. That the reason he left was because he saw his sister. So David said that, but Fred said he left because he had to go to work. Like, right. Did he say that to you? Like, right. I saw my sister on the road. <laughs> so I can't I'm about do to this. leave. Right, because you know we know I mean? he like, left, but we don't really know why. Yeah, left. that's what I'm yeah. saying. So that becomes speculation. Yeah, like how? What? That's what he told you as he saw his sister walking down the road. So he don't feel like raping today. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like how? How to what? Okay, that didn't make sense, did it? That's what I'm saying. So some, so it's all of the stories in which you it does have the hearsay. Whereas I can see the reasonable doubt. Do I say he's innocent? Of course not. No, course he's not, not innocent. But not, you you yeah. are very aware of what's going on, and this has a good amount of evidence that you are participating. And are you happy with the outcome? Do you think he should have been on death row too, or do you think that he you're, he's good with the life? Uh, life. What he's at right now, I feel fine. Yeah. My honesty. I don't feel like it's horrible. Should he have gotten a death penalty for killing the other women? Yeah. Honestly, I feel like you know what I do feel like killing should get the the the, the proposition of killings. Yeah. So if you, if you guys not, do, right? yeah, if you guys do have some evidence that he did participate in the killings of those people, then yes, I think he should have had that on the table and been attempted towards it. Yeah. Uh, but I'll take you know as much justice as I can. Yeah. Uh, but to, to make it seem like. Because there's something seriously wrong with guy A to be using to get a whole job as a cop and then using that cop badge to kill on people. Right, there's that's so wild. many layers right. of bad with that. And you know what? They're not the first people that do that because we're going to be covering uh, we're going to be covering the Hillside Stranglers, and that's not next week, but that's later on down the line. They did the same shit, so it's like, damn, people right? People get sworn in. That's why I'm like, what is the background <laughs> check on this? <laughs> Well, do you know what we're covering next week? Well, actually, next week, we're not covering anything. We have a guest coming on. Her name is Jennifer. Okay. And, yes, her beautiful daughter was murdered. Her, so we're asking for justice for her, and we're going to hear her story next week. 
All right, man. All right. I'm, I don't, I got to brace myself for that. We that are. That sounds kind of rough. She was only 19 years old. Beautiful girl. And then um, Jennifer is a beautiful person, so I can't wait to talk to her. Sorry it has to be under these circumstances, but I'm really happy to hear her story and get her story out there because she has a nonprofit organization for her daughter. So, right. And maybe I'll even sponsor and get into that. You yeah. Know, so behind it. But yeah, it's rough to hear that, you know, you have a younger, older child. Yeah. But, you know, 19 is still young. It's yeah. still a child. That's my son. That's still a child. Yeah. They, they think they're grown. Yeah, but they're but not. But you ain't grown. They're not. Yeah. So you, you still, you, you're, I call him a baby man. Yeah. You know, you're a baby woman, you're a baby man. So with that being that young, where you feel like they are on the edge, where they're on the cusp of going out on their own and taking care of stuff on their own. Yeah. And you start to, you know, like, as a parent, you start to lose a little bit of that anxiety of worrying about their health so much. Yeah. To have them die is Ugh. really, really bad. That's so horrible. Because every, every parent, every child should outlive their parents. Well, in the meantime, please follow us on Instagram, Hot Garbage Show. Please leave us a review, a five-star review. Whatever you're listening to it on, you can leave us a review. You know, yeah, Whether it's Spotify, Apple, any platform you're listening leave us a five-star review any little bit helps the show and also send us an email hotgarbagenews at gmail.com uh, also hit us up on facebook right like hot garbage true crime edition follow me on tiktok author nisha because i'm also an author as well and take care watch your back out there peace